Welcome to the Worlds of Maybar audiobook podcast. This is episode one, prologue for the new Aleph. Most people probably didn't grow up with the memory of having visited a parallel universe. Nathan Sanchez had. He wouldn't have called it that at the time, but that's what it was. His dad had taken him along on a trip to pick up dinner at Sonic Burger. It was hard to find those back then. It's impossible now, obviously. Nathan couldn't remember what was special about their food, but had a vague notion that they had good milkshakes. But that's not important. After they finished at the drive-thru, Nathan asked his dad if they were going to go back home now. He was probably just wondering if they were going to do any other errands, get groceries on the way, something like that. It was a long drive from their house to Sonic, all the way from San Diego to Santee, so maybe that's why he asked. He was only four at the time, best he could remember. But the administrative part of his brain had become fully active much sooner in life than in most people. Probably why he spent most of his adult life in government. But that's also not important. What is important is how his dad answered the question. Well, we're actually going to go to a different home. Different home? Nathan asked. Yeah, a house that looks just like our house, but a little different. With a mom just like your mom, but a little different. Does it have a little brother? It does. It has a little brother just like our house, but different. Everything will look the same, but will actually be different. Nathan had known his dad for all of his four years, but he still didn't really know him. He didn't know that he was playing a game right now. He had seen Nathan's simple, obvious question as an opportunity to be silly. He was practicing the classic yes and improv technique, though he didn't know that's what it was called, or that it was a technique. It's where you agree to anything your partner says and then elaborate on it, often taking it to ridiculous extremes, then you see where the other person takes it next. He'd probably learned it growing up as a middle child among four siblings, where cleverness and cunning were critical survival skills. Nathan didn't know any of this. He only knew that this was his father, and that he was strong and clever and focused. So when he told him they were going to a house like their house, but not their house, Nathan was fascinated. Nathan remembered pulling up to the dark driveway, looking at this house, this double. He studied it carefully, looking for differences. The similarities were obvious. Everything was similar. He was in awe, nearly to the point of fear. But his curiosity was beyond all that. They parked and entered, carrying the food. The walls and the lights and the sounds and smells were all so shockingly like those at Nathan's house. In the family room was a baby in a walker, it was made of four rings of red, blue, yellow, and green, and stacked up into a cone shape, with a one-year-old boy suspended from the opening in the top. This baby boy looked so much like Nathan's little brother, but he was not his little brother. It was some copy. Nathan looked closely for differences, and it looked like the walker was worn in inconsistent ways. A different scuff here, a different one there... The brother's hair was different, maybe a lighter shade of brown. His cheeks weren't as round. His smile was a little different. Nathan turned and saw the mother, 
She looked just like his mom, sounded just like her. They all took the burgers and fries out of the bags and ate in front of the TV, and Nathan's shock faded. He started to accept that maybe he was just going to stay at this copied house. Maybe he wouldn't see his real brother and mom ever again, but these ones were pretty close. His dad definitely didn't seem to mind eating and getting cozy with these doubles, so maybe Nathan shouldn't mind either. Also, it's amazing how eating fatty foods can calm anxieties. Eventually, Nathan was taken to a room just like his, and he went to bed. When he woke up the next morning, he was sure it had all been a dream. There wasn't any worry or doubt. It wasn't until years later, when he knew his dad better, that he realized it had all actually happened. That he had fully believed he'd entered a world parallel to his own, a duplicate, slightly different. Both that quick acceptance of the fantastic and the learned mistrust that had grown out of the later revelation of the truth were at play now. Now, in this imposter universe of Maybar. The acceptance was why he'd had so little trouble accepting how this new universe worked. In many ways, it was just like the one they'd all left. He could notice the differences here and there if he looked hard. Almost the same, but not. A world like the one God or fate or blind chance had created, but one instead made by humans. Specifically humans of the Ta organization, of which Nathan was a leading member, or had been. He remembered when he'd argued that calling the first world in this universe Prometheus was trite and obvious. He remembered Karini telling him that she was going to double Prometheus and then mirror it to create the foundation for a pet world-building side project she wanted to work on with Tanaka. He remembered being doubly annoyed when she insisted on calling that mirror world Pan to reinforce its place as an opposite. He remembered being relieved when she let Tanaka be in charge of naming all the cities in Pan, since he was much more inclined to be clever in such things. That was all the acceptance part. The mistrust part was why he was right now doubled over on his hands and knees, deep cuts all over his arms and torso bleeding down into the golden grass of a wide, dry valley. That mistrust drove him to insist that everyone return to the real world, to leave the copy, the fraud. The Ta's refusal had made him feel like a child again, just along for the ride and out of control, but he wasn't content to accept the copy this time. He'd wanted to get to the door hidden in the cliff face ahead of him, get inside and set off the special bomb he had strapped to himself, get inside and destroy the control center for Prometheus and Pan and all the worlds he and his colleagues had created. But unfortunately, one of his bosses, Dawson Bennett, was blocking his path, as were two large men standing on either side of her, dressed like Secret Service agents. Nathan looked up at Dawson, one of the four founders of the Ta. He looked at her stern, very English face, which was beating up with sweat because she insisted on dressing very English out here in a high desert. Neither she nor her two bulky companions carried weapons. They didn't need any. What are you going to do with me? Dawson shrugged. The Ta can't die, so I can't kill you. Nathan smiled, trying to show defiance through levity. Dawson's face softened. Why do you keep fighting us? Your insistence on going back doesn't make any sense. Because I know what you want to do. You won't just keep everyone here for a couple hundred years, waiting until Earth is ready, 
You want to keep everyone here forever, Dawson frowned. It's not just about letting Earth heal. Think of the resources we can put into education now that we can end war in a moment without any bloodshed. Here, food shortage will become an old legend. There will never again not be enough. Any amount of land, any amount of resources, any need taken care of at the moment of desire. No hunger, no disease, any injury healed instantly. We may even be able to live forever. This is what humanity has been searching after for its entire existence. We finally have it here. And you'll, of course, run the place with unwavering integrity, Nathan chuckled, forever. Dawson folded her arms. We'll do the best we can. Yeah, no thanks. This world was supposed to be a place for us to wait. Staying here indefinitely is not a good idea. Dawson nodded to one of the men standing beside her. When you see it, you'll understand. The Secret Service lookalike reached out a huge hand and grabbed Nathan around his neck. His fingers almost went all the way around. The man lifted Nathan off of the ground and his vision closed in around him like he was falling into a black hole. Dawson took a step toward him as everything faded. Before he drifted off, Nathan heard her say, One day you'll wake up and see, but not for a very long time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this prologue for the new Aleph. I'm really looking forward to sharing this story with all of you. Chapter 1 will be posting July 17th. To keep up to date on all Maybar-related news, follow me on all of the things at A. William Wright. That's Wright like the Wright Brothers. And if you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. The World's a Maybar podcast is a production of Diamond Plate Studios. Special thanks to Michael Wright of The Restitution for the use of the theme song, Floods. You can find more of his music at therestitution.com. Have a great week.